You're listening to Radiant Womanhood, the podcast for multi-passionate women who are ready to shake off their limitations, dream big, and live fully. I'm Tabitha Blue, a wife, mom of six, author, life coach, and entrepreneur, and I know firsthand the challenges women can experience when it comes to balancing life's demands, staying true to yourself, and navigating the many curveballs life can throw. And guess what? I'm obsessed with helping you navigate all the crazy seasons of this thing called life with confidence and grace. Join me each week as I delve into topics from habit making to goal setting, career balancing to relationship nurturing, and everything in between, helping you get out of your own way and embody the radiance within. So grab your headphones, shut out the distractions, and get ready to shine. Let's dive in. Do you have dreams, plans, or even just simple desires for yourself and for your life, but you find that in reality, you keep hitting a wall or something is pulling you back from doing the thing that you actually want to do? If it sounds like you, you're going to want to listen to this episode. In today's episode, we're talking about the lies that we believe that hold us captive to a life that we don't want to live. How to pinpoint what those lies are, because usually we don't even know, So how to pinpoint what those lies are in our own life so we can finally, actually, truly break free. So if you're ready for a new zest for life and a newfound freedom, it's time to settle in and enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. I recently came across a quote in a book that Chris and I have been reading, and it stuck with me. I actually even posted it on our Radiant Womanhood Instagram page recently. And then I just got into talking about it in stories on this day, my weekly like deep conditioning, oiling my hair day. And I just started talking all about it because I couldn't wait to share this with you all. But today we're going to get even deeper and uncover the steps to show us how to actually identify and then break free from the lies that are holding us back. The thing that's crazy about a lie is usually we don't actually realize that there are lies that are holding us back until we expose them. We just feel the ceiling in our lives. We feel the hard stop when we want to build a relationship or make healthier changes or do something new. But what if I told you that what's been holding you back from the things or the changes you want to make, like this invisible rope, I have the glasses for you to actually see that invisible rope and then a knife for you to cut through it. What if I told you that there is hope, hope to identify it? So a lot of times we just feel this pulling back or the stop or something that stops us from moving forward, but we're not sure how to identify what it is. So back to the quote I was telling you about, a lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. Let's just take that in for a minute. A lie believed as truth, it will still affect you as if it were true. Even though something might not be true in your life, Even though you are capable, you are loved, you are enough, you are valid, you are courageous. When we believe a lie that we're less than or we're not able to do that, not able to do that, someone else can do that. They're better at that than me. I'm not, I couldn't do that. We believe a lie that we're unloved or not enough. We'll live our lives as though that thing were true. So have you heard the story of the elephant rope? I have actually had the privilege two different times in my life to ride an elephant. It was so much fun. I loved it. The first when I was young, we went to a circus. It's actually, I got to ride it. I have a photo of me on an elephant with my brother who's since passed, but it's one of my favorite photos of the two of us together. 
And then actually not too long ago, I had taken our kids to this outdoor festival and there were elephants there who were able to ride it with my older kids. So you can see this massive, huge creature held in place by just a little rope, just a little rope around the elephant's leg. You know full well that that elephant could walk away at any time, any moment. The rope would break. It would pull the peg out of the ground. You know that this massive creature could get away, but yet they don't. Why not? So there's a story called the elephant rope. A gentleman was walking through an elephant camp and he spotted that the elephants weren't being kept in cages or held by the use of chains. So of course, like I said, massive creatures, you would think that they would need some kind of like massive steel something to hold them. But all that was holding them back from escaping the camp was a small piece of rope tied to one of their legs. As the man gazed upon the elephants, he was completely confused as to why they didn't just use their strength, break the rope and escape. They could easily have done so, but instead they didn't even try. So he asked a trainer nearby, why were the elephants just standing there and not trying to escape? And this was the trainer's reply. This is what I want you to listen to. When they are very young and much smaller, we use the same size rope to tie them. And at that age, it's enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free. The only reason these elephants weren't breaking free was that over time they adopted the belief that it just wasn't possible. And I want you to sit with that for a minute and think about that. What lie is holding you hostage? What belief about yourself have you adopted that keeps you from taking that leap or even the next step or from maybe even trying? What thought pattern have you become comfortable in that's keeping you from fulfilled living, living a life of joy, of freedom, from actually feeling alive? We just had some dinner with friends recently, and we're just talking about this very thing, that there are multiple kinds of uncomfortable, and sometimes we get into a thought pattern of becoming comfortable, even though it's comfortable in something that we might not enjoy, or comfortable in something that's uncomfortable. But it's almost more uncomfortable to break free from that, if that makes sense. That's a lot of comfortables and uncomfortables. But it's like those sayings, choose your hard. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can become comfortable in a thought pattern. But when we think about it, we might be living a life that is actually uncomfortable. We're not really living. We don't feel free. We're not enjoying what we're doing. But what's holding you in that? It's time to get a little bit uncomfortable for a minute to find what that lie is so we can break free from that lie to move forward into something that is so much better. Like maybe you crave relationships, but you're paralyzed by the fear of rejection. So your actions actually hinder the relationships that you so crave. Whether it's a relationship like you're wanting to meet someone, but you're not putting yourself out there to meet them, or a friend group relationship, our actions, if we're believing a lie that we're not enough, we're going to live as though that's true and prevent the relationships that we so want from actually happening. Maybe you want to try something new, but you assume that it will fail or decide it'll flop. So you don't even put in the effort to try. Maybe you long to live debt-free or give generously or even just pay off some student debts, but you've already decided that this can't be for me. And so your actions end up reflecting that. Maybe you dream of being able to move your body or lose weight or gain weight, but you've already resigned to failure before the confidence of consistency. 
when these things are holding us back, you're constrained by a lie. You're constrained by something that doesn't exist, though we all too often live as if it were true. Here's what I know. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. So in order to break free, the first step is to define what the lie is that's holding us. So I'm going to give you three steps in just a moment to identify that lie. But first, I want to talk about something called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is a physiological theory developed by Leon Festinger in 1957. But really, the concept was introduced even before that. He just kind of brought it to the forefront at that time. And it refers to the discomfort or the tension that arises when we hold contradictory beliefs or values or attitudes. Humans naturally seek cognitive consistency. So when we're confronted with conflicting information, we experience discomfort. And what we naturally tend to do is alleviate the discomfort. We might try to rationalize our actions or bring them into line with even if it's a falsehood, a falsehood that we've come to accept. So in this season of life, when we're giving ourselves affirmations and we're talking about how I am valuable, I can do this, we're building each other up, we're building our sisters up, we're sharing podcasts and we're sharing quotes that help encourage each other. So there's this part of me that knows I'm valuable, I can do it. This is how we do it. I'm learning new things to get my health in order. But yet there sometimes can be this cognitive dissonance. It's this comfort that results from that because we might be holding a value or a belief or an attitude that that's a lie. We might not even fully realize that we're believing it, but there's this part inside of us that is saying, that's not me. I can't actually do that. And that's too much for, that's too hard for me to do. I'm going to take an easier road. So it's these conflicting beliefs of where, yes, I can do it. I want to do this new thing. There's these goals I want to set. I want to create a vision board and put goals. And then there's this other conflicting part of it inside ourselves that's saying, uh, yeah, but that happens for a lot of other people. I like seeing it happen with other people. It doesn't happen to me. It brings this inconsistency. And when that happens, when there's the inconsistency between what we believe and how we behave, we're motivated to have actions that will help minimize the feelings of discomfort. So when new information comes, a lot of times we can attempt to relieve this tension that we're hearing this new information, but then maybe that's just not for me. So we could reject it like that. That's not for me. Or we can explain it away. It would have worked, but you don't know my situation. Or maybe just avoiding the new information altogether. Let me explain a little bit of what this looks like. <laughs> so everyone experiences it at some point and to some degree, but it doesn't mean that it's easy to recognize. So some signs of what you're feeling when it might be related to cognitive dissonance might be like, feeling uncomfortable before doing something or before making a decision or trying to justify or rationalize a decision that you've made or an action that you've taken, feeling embarrassed or ashamed about something you've done. So trying to hide those things from other people. Sometimes it looks like doing things because of social pressure or a fear of missing out, that FOMO, <laughs> even if it wasn't something you wanted to do. Y'all, I have been there. Have you been in that place where there's something that I don't actually really want to do that, but because of social pressure or the fear of missing out, that's something I'm going to move forward. At. I'm going to go ahead and do that. It's these two conflicting beliefs, and yet it can be easier. We want to look for the most comfortable road, the most comfortable path ahead. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that thing 
because of the social pressure or because of the fear of missing out. Here's some examples, a little more of what that looks like. Maybe you want to be healthy, but you haven't made the choice or made the decision to exercise regularly, commit to that consistency, or eat a nutritious diet. So you want this, but you're feeling guilty as a result of not taking the action to make it happen. Or maybe you know that smoking, drinking too much, maybe there's some kind of addiction, could even be sugar in your life, where you know, this is harmful to my health, but I do it anyway. But then you rationalize the action in whatever form, maybe pinpointing to high stress levels or time, whatever it might be. It's rationalizing a habit or a behavior that you don't really want to have, but there's something stopping you from breaking free from it. Maybe you'd like to build up your savings, but you tend to spend all that extra cash that you get as soon as you get it. A lot of times that will lead to regret or feeling bad about it later especially when something unexpected comes up that you don't have the money to cover. So it's this feelings of the high from spending, from doing something that I don't want to do. I want to build up my savings. And then the guilt that comes when I don't have the money to cover something, an unexpected expense when it comes over. How do we reconcile these differing beliefs? These differing beliefs come when we haven't been able to pinpoint what that lie is inside of us that's holding us captive to one of those differing beliefs. It's holding us in the state of tight walking between where we want to be and then kind of believing that we can't. So it's almost like first we have to take a step back and identify the problem. We're not even going to look for the lie yet. We're going to identify the problem. Many times we can't really see the lie, well, because it's a lie. (laughs) But what we can see is the problem or the issue that it's causing in our lives. This can lead us then to identifying what the lie actually is. Let's go back to talk about some of those things. Maybe the problem is an addiction. Maybe it's health or lack thereof in our body. Maybe it's debt and building up these insurmountable debts that we are wanting to take on. Maybe it's loneliness. Like the quote or the statement I made a little bit earlier, you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So we are going to get down to it and define the lie by taking a look at the problem And so to do that, we need to take the second step, and that's asking probing questions. As an entrepreneur and a mom of six, my mornings start quick and early, but I've learned that what I consume in the morning really sets the tone for my day. And yes, I am talking about saving the scrolling for later in the day, but I'm also talking about a healthy morning latte for heightened focus and smooth, long-lasting energy. It can seem overwhelming with endless options when it comes to choosing your daily bevs, So why not fuel your mind while you fuel your body, while you skip the jitters and afternoon crash? I've been using Clever Superfood Latte Blends this past year as I made adjustments to focus on my health, and I am not turning back. Each Clever Blend contains three powerful adaptogens, 500 million heat-safe probiotics, and healthy superfoods wrapped up in a decadent oat milk latte. Just add water, froth, and voila! A couple of my faves are the mocha and chai, but there are many delicious ones to choose from. So go to cleverblends.com and use my code FRESHMOMMY15 for a discount just for you. That's C-L-E-V-R-B-L-E-N-D-S.com and code FRESHMOMMY15. So first, again, we identify the problem. Then we ask probing questions. So let's take a couple of our examples and dive into what that would look like, not just to identify the problem, but actually get down to the root, the lie that's holding us captive. Maybe the problem here is a self-destructive habit. 
an addiction. Maybe you can't seem to drive home from work without a cigarette or you can't unwind without a drink. Maybe instead of keeping healthy relationships, you derail those and turn to toxic relationships. Maybe you can't stop to fill up the car without filling up on sugar as well with soda and candy. Like it's these habits or these things like I can't seem to break free from this. This is a self-destructive habit. This is unhealthy habit in my life. So that's the problem. Let's identify the problem and then ask probing questions. So here's a few things that you can ask yourself once you know, okay, this is maybe a problem in my life. (laughs) What drives this behavior? Is there a habit or a trigger for it? Every time this happens, then I do this. What's the trigger? What need is this meeting in my life? This habit or this unhealthy relationship? What need is it meeting? When did it start? Is fear driving this? And if so, what am I afraid of? These questions can be applied to anything. Maybe the problem is overspending and debt. Again, your goal this year is I want to pay off some of these debts. I have these financial goals. And yet, whenever I get some extra cash in my hand, I am overspending. My debt's still going up instead of down. The financial instability is getting to me. The same questions. What drives this behavior? Is there a habit or a trigger for my spending? When did it start? What need is this meeting in my life? Or even how does this make me feel? Is fear driving the overspending? Am I afraid of falling behind what everyone else is doing or not looking cool enough when I don't have the coolest things? Or it just makes me feel really good to be able to go out and spend money on whatever I want when I get a little bit in my pocket. Is there a habit or a trigger? I feel depressed, so I'm going to spend money. I feel happy and we're going to celebrate, so I'm going to spend money. When did it start? The probing questions are what allow us to see through the feelings and through the problem in front of us to be able to deal with the lie itself. This is where we were talking about earlier. Sometimes it gets a little bit uncomfortable, but are you more comfortable staying in this box that we've created for ourselves? Are you more comfortable staying in this belief that I can't overcome this thing in my life? I can't overcome this overspending. I can't break free from this habit. I can't walk out of this this addiction that I have. I can't live a healthier lifestyle. That's just not for me. Someone else can do that better, but that's not me. I don't have time for that. We box ourselves in with a lie. So is it more comfortable to stay there or Are you ready to break free from that and say, I want to live in freedom. I want to live fully and enjoy. It might take getting uncomfortable for a minute and asking these questions and then pinpointing where that lie comes. And that's the third step. We pinpoint the lie and we are able to then replace it. For me, for the longest time, I've always considered myself type A. I would talk about myself type A. I was the Monica on Friends. So all of the memes that talk about that, yes, I related to, I would share them. I would say that about myself and I lived them fully. I, especially before I was married or had kids, like my house, my space was immaculate. I lived by lists and I still do. Even though I love spontaneity, I like spontaneity when my things are in order. The house is clean. Yes, let's go. Let's have an adventure. I love it. But I need to take care of this, 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 and this first. (laughs) So there's an order to it. For a clean home, a clean space, I found so much value in it. Scientifically, there is value in it. I still find value in it. For me, though, where the problem came 
was that I was identifying with it so much that I began to let it identify me. I began to find my identity in this order, this state of my home, this cleanliness. I let the value in it become attached to my own value. I began to see my value attached to a clean home. But does my value lie in how clean my home is or how organized the space is? Of course not. And when we say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, right? But that was the lie. That was the thing that was holding me back. And the thing is, I didn't realize that it was a lie that was holding me captive. I only felt the problem of it. I only felt the effects of it. I felt the anxiety that would rise with the mess or the lack of time before being able to properly clean before someone came to our home, even just for the day. I find peace in a peaceful space. And that is still true. And that is scientifically valid. There is so much to it. Y'all, I also have six children living at home. We have a great dame the size of a small horse and a cat (laughs) and a busy lifestyle. And we like to travel and we like to adventure. And those things are good. But I was letting the value that was attached to the state of my home be the thing that gave me my value. So I would feel the feelings of lack or the feelings of unworthiness or not enoughness when I couldn't keep up with the laundry that week or with the kids' messes or be able to do business and travel with the kids for this and then come back home and get them ready for school and couldn't take care of the laundry and this mess was here. And then I would feel like, well, I'm just not good enough. But here's the thing. With the the anxiety that would rise before someone was coming to the house and things weren't clean enough, were my friends coming to my house to see a clean house? No, <laughs> they were coming to see me. We have family that was coming over to visit because we had an organized closet. No, they were coming to have time with family. When we, again, when we speak it out loud and when we get down to it and when we pinpoint okay, here's the problem. Let's break it down and ask some probing questions and see why is my value attached to this? How does that make me feel? When did this start? We begin to realize that there was an underlying lie that attached my worthiness to my space. Do I still like a clean home? Y'all, I can tell you that I vacuumed the house twice yesterday. (laughs) So yes, clearly I do. But I also did it because I had time. I did it because it brought me joy. We are on a journey of clearing the clutter and reducing the excess in our home. So yes, absolutely, I still see the value and the science in a clean space. But because I was able to see the problem, the feelings of anxiety, the overwhelm, the anger, the not enoughness when it came to how clean our house was, I was then able to ask the probing questions and realize that somewhere along the line, I attached my very own value to this. So now, yes, I still like a clean home, but the cleaning is a gift to myself. It's a gift because it's how I do like how it makes me feel being in a space that's peaceful and clean. But now when it's not enough, when there isn't enough time for all of the messes or the laundry or the things, it's okay because I know that I am enough, not attached to anything else. For me, knowing the lie, the lie of my value is dependent on the state of my home. Now, that third step, we pinpoint the lie and we can replace it. I am worthy and valuable and wanted and loved for me, not because of the state of anything else in my life. That's what I want for you. I want you to know 
that you don't have to be constrained by a lie. You don't have to stay in this box that's been holding you captive and stay in this thing that makes you not even want to try because it's a lie. Again, that's the craziest part about a lie is we don't realize that there's a lie in our life until we begin to look at the problem and then ask the questions and then pinpoint the lie. So that's what I want you to take stock of today because I want you to experience the freedom in it. I don't want you, like me, experiencing anxiety and fear and anger and depression and all of these feelings over something that isn't even you. It was over me attaching my value to something outside of myself. But that's not living life fully. And so my encouragement to you today is to take stock. Where is there a problem in my life? Where is the thing that I want to change this year? Something I want to work on this year? Let me ask myself some tough questions, some probing questions, and see, is this attached to a lie? Because if it is, it's time to pinpoint the lie, identify the lie, and replace it. And I know that you can do it. We can do it. We can get uncomfortable for a minute so that we can walk in even better things. You've got this. I am so excited for what the future looks like when we break free from the lie, when we're no longer living constrained by a lie, by this thought pattern that we've grown accustomed to, this thought pattern that we've adopted about ourselves. Mm-mm, it is time to change it, friends. And I'm excited to hear about it. So as you uncover these things in your own lives, I would love to continue to encourage you in that. Send me a message. Message me at Tabitha Blue. Message me at Radiant Womanhood so we can continue this conversation because I want to encourage you and I want to see you growing and flourishing and living a life of freedom and joy. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Radiant Womanhood. If you want more, head on over to RadiantWomanhood.com for show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could take a few moments to rate and review the show. Don't forget to hit the follow button to stay updated on our latest episodes. Friend, I love hearing from you. So shoot me a DM at Instagram at Radiant Womanhood or at Tabitha Blue to carry on the conversation. And if you believe the remarkable women in your life could benefit from this episode, share the link with them to spread the love. Until next time, friend, keep shining.